When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros Live. <laughs> of course, I'm Big Waz, joined as always, as you can see, by the just, I mean, the sex appeal on this screen is astronomical between clean-shaven, boyish, good looks, Mike, with the taco meat poking out. I see you, Travolta style. I see you, brother. Uh, Michael Jamal me. Brooks in the, in, the, in the building. And of course, as always, man, joining me, my brother, Nando Vila. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Great to see you guys as always. Going pretty good. And Miss you guys in real life. I'm having oh, one man. of those days now. Yeah. Seriously, I'm actually, man. I'm having like a real like, okay, that was whatever. I want to I want to be with you gentlemen in real life. For sure. Same here. And on today's show, not to even brush off your comment, Mike, I'm just, I just don't feel like getting <laughs> sad about it. It's like 78 yeah, degrees outside you. and we have to be holed up in the crib. Yeah, um, on you. today's show, we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders coming out and endorsing Joe Biden and like weirdos on the internet. Like, I don't know, having a, a moment <laughs> about it. Um, and then, of course... You know, we obviously we're all quarantined and we've all been watching old shows, picking up new ones, re-watching stuff that we were watching in the past. We're going to give you a nice little pop culture moment, just a brief reprieve from the oncoming apocalypse. It might not be um, that brief, honestly. <laughs> I, I want to talk TV shows more. For sure. Party, bro. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so, Nando, man, you know, I, I like to start it with you first because, you know, I don't. I feel like the timing felt a little surprising. I, I don't know. Like, um, most people would have thought that, like, there would have probably been a lot more back-channeling and this, this, that, and the third before he came out and just gave the guy a full-throated endorsement. Uh, what did you think about the timing and just how it all unfolded? I honestly think that the biggest factor in all of this is the is the pandemic, you know, that because... Mm because they can't do anything like what, what's Bernie going to do? He can't go out there and campaign and he can't be, you know, rallying around the country, getting people excited about something or fighting for something. I mean, it just feels like everything is stopped. So I, I think that he probably thought like, what can I do other than just, you know, play ball right now? I mean, and you know, to be fair, like, you know, no one should be surprised that Bernie endorsed Biden. Like no, that's, he was always going to do that. He said he was going to do it. Bernie doesn't lie. He literally never lies. Like if he said he was going to do it, then he's going to do it. Um, so anyone hoping that he would have mounted like an independent challenge or something like that, you know, right. was delusional. That was just never going to happen. I mean, listen, we could debate the merits of that. I probably think he shouldn't have done it, but I can see the argument for why he could have. But I mean, at the end of the day, we have to understand that Bernie only has power to the extent that he can play ball somewhat 
part of the time. I mean, he has to be able to like plausibly be able to keep his foot in the door. Um, and if, and if he would not have endorsed Biden, he would just, he would become Dennis Kucinich. Like that's like exactly what he would have been. Um, and having him in there fighting for, you know, whatever, whatever it is he can fight for, um, is, is contingent on the fact that he has some credibility within the party still, you know, and not endorsing or doing some sort of other thing would have just completely eliminated that forever. Um, you know, we would never be able to see him do something like rally votes for the Yemen uh, resolution, which he did last year, or do things like, you know, be able to use the, his senatorial power to pressure Walmart and Amazon to adopt the $15 minimum wage, which was, you know, a huge thing. Um, so he was never going to do that. He's, he's, he's not going to be like, I don't know, he's not going to be like Vladimir Lenin, you know, and just kind of completely, <laughs> he was just never going to do that. So anyone who was expecting it is just delusional. It's my favorite word. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, if you wanted to be mad at Bernie about something, I think you could legitimately criticize. And there's, and I understand a hundred percent why he did what he did, but you, there is real criticism. You could level at him the week of the bailout yeah. when he absolutely could have gotten on his email list. He could have said, they're about to rob the country blind. You need to call your Congress people. Uh, and I think that was actually a rubber meets the road moment for the theory of his campaign, frankly. At the same time, and nobody likes – like n nobody likes – I'm patting myself on the back for giving the answer that nobody likes, but it just is what it is. So we lost. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that is. It, it really sucks that we lost. Sucks. But and we it lost. sucks for everybody. And I totally am not going – like I, I am not going to be out – haranguing people to vote for Biden. And I am not going to be like, I'm not doing that. He's not getting a dime. I'm not lifting He's a finger. Not, <laughs> it's not. And at the same time, I'm not going to bullshit you. I I think if you, if you, I'm because I have to keep it honest. I think that, no, I know that if I lived in a competitive state, yeah, I'd vote for Biden. Because I have not heard, I have literally been thirsty. I've said this before. I honestly wish somebody could give me a, a actual argument for the Trump second term, not in terms of voting for Trump, but in terms of being to like – because the Democratic Party is our enemy. Joe Biden's our enemy. Like the, the leadership is the enemy. So all that being said, I think like we really have to start training ourselves – to think about the election, I think that I just don't see the case. I don't. I have no one has given me a real case as to why you wouldn't want Trump to go. But the question now is like, how do you actually think? And, and it becomes a cliche, but it's true. It's like, how do you build something? How do you think about a long term project? I don't know the answers. I know that the labor union strikes happening right now to me are hands down the most important thing in the country. And I would just say with Bernie, like. Look, I like the man. I think there's no one else like him in modern politics. It's okay to stand him a little bit. And part of the reason I like him is like, why are we doing the bullshit? Like, I, I think 100% a year ago, if you said to me, Bernie, here's why you should run third party, or here's why you should just go for broke, say you're going to quit the Senate, 
And you're going to make this run in such a way that seriously threatens the Democratic Party. I'm talking like if you do this, we're locking you out of power. If he followed a path like that, I would actually be very open to that, to be honest. But he didn't. And he was always going to endorse the Democratic nominee, as he said, literally hundreds of times. And so what I actually kind of like about Bernie, and I want him to be patient with his supporters, and I want him to be good to Brie and all of that. I'm, that's that's cool. I, I hear that. But, like, Bernie's not a bullshitter. Like, if you – it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to – he thinks that Trump has got to go. That's what he thinks. He's going to support the Democratic nominee. So what is the purpose of doing a pretend exercise about it? And, okay, and if Mike, you want them to to get concessions, then you got to win, and we didn't. That's all. Before, 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 but I do, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because obviously I'm in total agreement with you. You lost. You ran with the. You ran in this particular primary because this is the party that you're supporting. Um, you gotta, you gotta, t- you know, fall on the sword and do the right thing, no matter how butt hurt your supporters are, right? Um, I would not I, put it that way. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> but, but what? I, what I will say, <laughs> we're live, folks. <laughs> what I Anything will can say, happen. What crazy. I will say, and to and this is to play devil's advocate, Mike is remember what happened when Hillary dropped out. Right. She went to the freaking mattresses on Barack's ass, and Barack was like, you know what? I just got this nomination. I don't need this headache in my life. And I'm going to make some concessions. I'm going to make this yeah, woman secretary you know of the state. The difference, the difference is, is that there's no ideological. That's all just games yeah. and staff. There's no disagreement. That's, but, that's what, but that's what I'm getting to, There's though. no disagreement. But, that, but that's so, what I'm getting to, yeah. though, um, yeah. Mike. It's it's like um, Hillary and, and the Clintons, they're not about um, stances. They're about... Yeah. Exactly. You know, personal like, power. Uh, career. Personal well, power. And they yes. had it. And Climbing they had the it. Ladder. And Obama knew it. Obama feared yes. Clinton's the Clinton machine. As he should. Right. You know, and like, again, sure. so, and, yeah, and so, I'm sure they made threats, is what I'm saying. Is yeah. they made threats. Hundred well, so but and again, I think some people again, oh, Mike, I'm just saying some people would say, not me. Some people would say Bernie should have went to the mattresses. I would have said that several – I would be one of those persons who would have said that. But you would have needed to do the whole thing differently. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you would have need. I would have been of the school and there would be – look, there's so much risk to it. But I could see like a case for Bernie being on TV and both being like, look, you got to nominate me. So if your primary concern is electability, I'm the best one to beat Trump. And blah, 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 blah. And then, like, are you going to support the Democratic nominee? And then him being like, well, I don't know. There's a lot of different work. Like, what do you mean by support? Like, I would have been on the school of put the heat on for a long time, make them feel uncomfortable. I would have been. But right now, it, it, it's over. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, those threats have a context behind them. At the and same I time, Mike, what I understand yeah. with the with the people that are pissed off, one thing I will say to them is, you know, it's that old adage, the same thing that makes you laugh will make you cry. What is your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Like, the reason why you guys liked Bernie is that he doesn't play the game. 
That's the whole. That was That's the animating energy. I like his of this guy. I wish he played a little more game. Yeah. <laughs> of this, but that's he, part, but that's part of his game, pitch, though, though Mike. That's part of the shtick. It's like, yo, I don't, I don't play these games with these people. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a super pack. I'm not playing the game the way it's commonly played. And so, therefore, when his campaign ends and he decides, look, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing this with these fools. Yes, you should vote for Joe Biden over, you know, the guy that said, just said today that I have total authority. <laughs> like, it's, you well, know, the sad, the sad thing is, the sad thing is that, as Mike said, that there's an ideological. Uh, battle and that that is the key thing right here because what they have shown the other side has shown is that they are more they're willing to lose the general election to trump yes. than to concede anything on the ideological front and we learned that very clearly because of what just happened in the uk with the labor party without getting into too much detail but basically imagine if the labor party is like the democratic party and there is a similar ideological battle between a sort of left-wing insurgency and a right-wing kind of you know power structure, the right-wing power structure, there was leaked WhatsApps and emails and everything that showed that they were, they were not only willing to lose, they were hoping to lose because they didn't want Corbyn, the left-wing challenger, to win state power. No, you know, I, like, I, I, and I, the I, Democrats and are clear, willing to do that. Yeah, but it actually happened there. I would definitely yeah. happen here too. But I just yeah. want to say, to be clear, like, literally the 2017 election is happening Corbyn's the leader. They are paid by the Labor Party, paid staffed employees. They are hiding polling data. They are misallocating resources and all on a back channel saying, oh, like literally saying, oh, shit, that poll looks good. That scared me. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's like Like, that, because, again, that's the other hand is like all of the like Democratic Party types. You know, who are like, no, we made that progress. Look at that. And it's like, no, you didn't. We lost. Yeah, like like Bernie Bernie would have been like, like if Bernie would have been like, I'm going to Ross Perot this shit and I'm going to run independent and I'm going to peel off 20 percent of your voters and you're going to lose. They'll be like, okay, unless you give me like Medicare for all, Green New Deal, they'll be like, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, like we're not going to give you anything. The smallest concession they would not give. They would rather lose. And, and you know, something that, that Nando very smartly pointed out weeks ago when we were talking about Bernie's unwillingness to go after Joe Biden, I think a lot of people have a, a hard time understanding the the collegial nature of the U.S. Senate. Yeah. And, like, these guys literally see it as a club that they're members of, like this elite club, and they do see each other as members of some type of fraternity and all of this stuff and bernie straight up likes joe biden straight up and down you won't hear bernie criticize chuck schumer like it's crazy he's never done it you know like bernie literally likes these guys and he does feel a camaraderie with his fellow senators and you have to know that that factors in you have to know that that factors into how the guy um how the guy had decided to conduct, you know, his campaign the entire time. And I think this concession or, or, and concession and endorsement is right, is part and parcel with that. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I want to say, like, this is where I really will have a criticism of the campaign. And I want to just say, too, like, 
you already can start to see some parts of the campaign like they're throwing Bernie under the bus and covering their asses. Like, fuck that. Bernie, first of all, Bernie's great. And secondly, like, that's your job. Like, you can't just say, like, oh, the candidate wouldn't let me. Like, you got to make the candidate let you. So I'm not impressed by that. But clearly there were different factions in the campaign, and clearly Bernie had his own instincts, some of which, again, they're underrated. He's actually a very successful politician and whatever. And then there's – I think there is the stuff you're talking about, Waz. But really simply the – because people keep confusing. Like I think Bernie should have run like a much more normie campaign, and I think he should have like said he was a Democrat, all of that shit that I think might have helped him on the margins. But on the other hand, he did need to like cap Warren out of the gate, like no unity bullshit. We need to get her out of here. (laughs) Then we need to run hard against Biden for a year. And I think what really like even me as and again, I'm you know, I just supported the hell out of that campaign because that was the most important thing. So I wasn't playing games. But even me, like especially in the home stretch, it was just like this is ridiculous. Like you can't. One hand, keep talking about revolution, and then you cannot even say Joe Biden put through NAFTA, PNTR, and he won't win. (laughs) Like, it's just such a performative contradiction to say, like, I'm ready to take anybody on, but then you can't even do – like, he actually did – first of all, he was gentle as hell against Hillary, but he was stronger against Hillary than he was against Biden. And so yeah. I, I think there's I think a lot he, of I think he legitimately hated Hillary. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that could be part of it. But like he was very and I think he's legitimately naive about Warren, to be honest. Like there was this like heartbreaking line in some article I read that they were like, you know, he, he actually was genuinely hurt because, of course, he would have endorsed her. And it's just like, guys, like that could be a stand in for recognize your mediocre career as sociopaths. Like they're not your friends. Like, like this, this woman's trash. Like it's just like, let's not let the little regulatory fights in 2010 get you too fucking wet. Right. Like, but at any rate, I just think like Bernie is somebody who still, and I, I think most of the action for the left is out of electoral politics right now. Yeah. But like as far as national leadership goes, like that's still going to be your person. And man, like honestly, I just see over the last several years, I see a lot more of like the left failing Bernie than him failing, frankly. I'm being real about it. No, 100 percent. You know, and before we move on to pop culture, because I know, Mike, you want to get off some entourage hot takes. (laughs) Um, And before before we get on to that, um. You know, it's something that I've been thinking about lately and just the parallels between the parties where, you know, the Republicans, they ran, uh, what's his name, John McCain, you know, centrist, electable, (laughs) whatever, rhino type in 2000. I mean, excuse me, in 2008, Barack whooped his ass. He lost to to the nigger. Um, they ran. <laughs> they ran Mitt Romney. <laughs> they they ran Mitt Romney. Basically, another one of those cats. And you know the the entire the entire party base is like, yo, dude, his 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 signature legislation in Massachusetts was Obamacare, right? And we're running that dude or whatever, and he gets beaten like a drum by Barry again. And so I'm looking at what we're doing on our side. We ran. 
the centrist, the the McCain type, got her ass kicked, right? And now we're gonna do it again. But I like I just don't think that if or when the Dems lose in November, that there's gonna be a groundswell of fuck that we're not doing it again. It's, I find it hard to believe that that energy will be there. Maybe I'm defeated. Maybe I feel sad. But I'm just like. The animating force of the constituency in the party is like, man, I just don't want a rude president. You know what I mean? Like, as disgusting as we thought the we think of the Republican base as, again, I keep saying at least they got shit that they want. We want to kick Mexicans in the teeth. We want to build a freaking wall. We want to do all of this other stuff. We want to get get um, niggas and spicks off of welfare and shit. They want stuff. The, like, the animating, like, You want for some type of record today, Waz? Yeah. <laughs> like, we finally do a live stream. That word yeah. is never used. The Waz yeah. is just like, you know what? I think we are, we're I'm, off I'm just, the paywall on YouTube. I think it's time. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> telling you. I'm just telling you, what is the animating like, force right. of the Democratic Party, bro? Voters. I got you. Like, what, like what's going to happen when if Biden's centrist, electable ass gets his head beaten in like a drum? Are people going to revolt like those other people on the other side did in electing Trump? Well, what they're going to try to do is 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 find another Obama. Like, I mean, that was Obama's superpower is to be able to signal left and animate those forces while signaling to, you know, the party donors that don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Um, and that's why they were, that's why they were so, and they knew that they knew that going into this one too. No, they didn't want Joe Biden. They didn't want him. They wanted someone else, but they've settled on Joe Biden, but they didn't want him. They wanted, they wanted to make Beto a thing because they were like, Oh, he, he can say the words that the activists like. And, and, but he's, you know, we know he's going to play ball. Um, they tried to make, you know, whatever. Like they, they, they're Mayor always Pete. Kamala, Mayor Pete. Yeah, they're looking Mayor for Pete's that. Mayor Pete's gay. The lefties are gonna yeah. love that. Kamala's a black woman. <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. Like nope. they, they want to find that person that can sort of superficially wink to those people to animate those forces, get them excited, while not doing anything, right? And they're just not gonna find that person because I think the game is up with that little strategy. But that's that's the 100% that the party autopsy is gonna be once Biden gets killed by Trump. I think the thing that we got to figure out that's tricky is the thing with the Republican Party. And I and I look, I do think we got to start talking about the Republican Party and different constituencies more intelligently. However, there is a basic truth that you've got a, a handful of ultra rich people. Who were and you know the Democrats got their ultra rich people, but I don't mean like the rich people, like the billionaires, you know Sheldon Adelson types, and then you have different varieties of either Christian identity politics or white identity politics, or you know in some cases I, I want it like I think some of them not explicitly identitarian like that, but you know there's like a pretty tight set of issues. And it's changing a little bit in ways we got to watch. But at the end of the day, like, it's not necessarily that fluid. Like, even Trump, like, yeah, he appealed to, like, he appealed and changed some margins with some voters that Romney didn't. But at the end of the day, most people who voted for Trump are white people who actually earn, like, an above national income. Like, that is still the Republican Party. 
right? That is the base of the Republican Party. If you own a car dealership and you're fucking tired of ads for blackish, you're voting for the Republican Party, right? (laughs) And so like, you know, and then on the Democratic side, you have, um, you know, several different bases. Like you do, you definitely have this left wing that coalesced around Bernie. It's real. But then you also have, I think, the vast, the real majority of Democratic voters were just like, I just want to beat Trump. That's it, like you're saying, was. But in that, you could still break up the numbers. And I think that, honestly, I'm much more interested in, and I wish the Bernie campaign was designed around, basically, like, it's almost like the parents of the Bernie coalition. Because I think, like, the, the Warren professional liberal class people, they might seem more left, but they're never going to be down for a populist project because they really are elitists. But then you had a lot of people like, again, I'll just say like my grandmother who literally worked in a union, was at Penn Station, was selling tickets at Penn Station. That's what she did. She's retired in Florida, right? Because she still was of the time when unions did do that. You could do that, right? And you could have a proper middle class union lifestyle. And she likes Bernie. And she's not that radical or anything, but I mean, I, you know, since I was a kid, like she likes Roosevelt, she likes Truman, people need to have universal health care. Um, but she's like, yeah, I just felt more comfortable with Biden, so I voted for him. Now, I don't know about my grandmother specifically, but I wish the Bernie campaign, like I actually think those older voters that also just want to beat Trump, but I think their issue sets – and their receptivity, if you packaged it right, they're actually much more interested in getting labor unions going again and taking care of business than the kind of affluent lib voters. So that I would just think is like we got to start like looking at the different demographics of the Democratic Party and thinking more about the coalition we want to build together. Because honestly, like to me, I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm not saying they're equally as bad so people can relax, but they won't. But, you know, the Warren voter, the, not all, but like the, the professional managerial class, let's just use that term, yeah, and, the baby. Fr- and the white like car dealer for Trump, as I'll put it this way real quick. They're never gettable. They're never gettable. And as much as I am really with Adolf Reed on identitarian politics and I'm over it, I will say this one thing. There is not a single bad political tendency in the modern world from – resurgent authoritarian right-wing politics and Trumpism to like woke bullshit that does not start with suburban white people. Like, <laughs> suck. Suck. so I want to <laughs> like, I mean, I'm being a little, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean that of course, like of course for all people, but I just think like that demo of like, Oh, I'm really progressive and I read this and that, but like, oh, Bernie doesn't have plans and ooh, snake emojis. Like, that's just, that never the gonna sa- happen. These are the safest people in the yeah. country. I mean, as- I was yeah, in the history of the world. Aside from the war in Buffett, the history of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the safest people <laughs> yes. in the world. They don't got anything to worry about. So, of course, they can tisk tisk at plans and all of that. And I think we do enough beating up on the professional liberal class. Um, even though we're technically not, we're mem- we're members of that class, yeah, technically we're self-hating. We're like self-hating, <laughs> self-hating I, wish Bernie, I wish Bernie did the Hillary speech where she was where he's like, 
Unfortunately, with their Amazon Primes and middle grouse pseudo-intellectual reading and constant embarrassing moral posturing form a basket of deplorables, which will block any hope of a multiracial labor coalition. Let me be perfectly clear. If you have an HBO subscription, you are not part of my coalition. <laughs> you said, hey, did you see the new Westworld? It yeah. reminded me of a Ray Bradbury book that I read the Cliff's Notes on, but I'll pretend I'll actually read the whole thing. This is not what I want to build my campaign around. <laughs> well, I'm glad you... A medium post is the same as a policy, and that <laughs> thinking something as dumb as that makes you smart. This is not what we're building our campaign around. <laughs> Rob, man, Bombas, these socks are incredible. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally reimagined every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. But these socks do way more than keep your feet nice and cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million, that's million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now in these coronavirus days. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com backslash bomb. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com backslash B-O-M-M for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash bomb. Well, I'm glad you brought up Westworld, Mike, because that provides a perfect opportunity for us and I know everybody's talking about it. It doesn't matter what podcast or YouTube show or whatever you might be watching. It's on everybody's minds. Like, what are you guys consuming culturally, right? Um, I know you mentioned Entourage before, Mike, and you had some interesting points. You said it was hacky, hackier than you remembered, but still charming, more charming than you remembered. So I want to just shout out, and I hope that we can just do like a Woke Bros mashup with this, but Nando has a entourage listening pod. Oh, and yeah. Just launched it. When he told me about this a couple months ago, I was like, that's dope, and that sounds hilarious. But after binging on this podcast the last couple of days, it is hilarious. And I was like, all right, I need to actually rewatch Entourage. And look, this show is crazily dated yeah. in in a way that like it's just like it's authentically dated. And again, there's stuff that like I wish we could bring back and there's stuff that I'm glad we left behind. But it is it is really funny the way like some of what is supposed to be cool and some of what is supposed to be funny and appealing is just like legitimately embarrassing. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe like <laughs> I, I literally spent hours of my life watching Maxim magazine, essentially. Yeah. This shit is embarrassing. And then on the other hand, I'm 
it still makes me laugh a lot. And Johnny Drama in particular is an enduring comedic character, man. I was actually really pleased by that. And Ari, too. Of course, Ari's hilarious. But I kind of expected that. I didn't ex- Johnny Drama in particular was what's really standing out for me. Yeah, so I, I launched this podcast it's called Let's Pot It Out, an Entourage podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I've been thinking a lot about it because um, I've been wanting to do this for months. And um, I just wanted to, I was... Because, you know, there's so much talk now about like wokeness and, you know, how much the culture has changed. And I don't think that there's a single show that tells you how much the culture has changed and how quickly that entourage. I mean, you watch it now and like even guys like us, we're not like, you know, annoying, you know, histrionic people. Right. A couple of times I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah that the, was, the stuff, the, a lot of the stuff involving women is. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, they <laughs> drop the F word that you're not supposed to say anymore, you know, liberally. Uh, yeah, you know, how about the, the R word that you're not supposed to say? say? You know what I love about it is that the F word liberally, but you could still – there's still like a little – I don't know what to say. Like the way they say the R word and I yeah. hate even having to say it. It's just like – it's, yeah. It was like it was like you saw someone in the writer's room was like, should we really use that word? And then nobody in the writer was no. just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what he yeah, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, the clothes are so bad. They're so bad. Like in the pilot, in the pilot, like they they there's a scene where they crisscross with Marky Mark because like it's like inspired by Marky Mark's actual lived experience or whatever. Um, and he's there with his crew, Marky Mark. And there's this just one fat white guy wearing a fubu like jersey with the 05 you know on the back and i was just like oh my god this is so Jesus. embarrassing like yeah and, and like he that might as kind well of, have been wearing call canai yeah exactly. did you guys remember like, the fan the fashion being as bad as it is on no, the show no no like but all generally of clothes are so bad when did that first season premiere 2004 wow oh man general i mean 2004 was just a bad time in very bad Fashion just period. That might have been like the worst time ever. Ever. <laughs> like I, I tweeted out yesterday because on the on on the pod, my co-host Miguel was a buddy of mine from back in Miami. He was like, "Oh, you want the, the early thousands are the worst." Just look up any NBA draft class from the oh, early two thousands, and I looked up some any pictures, and I was like, video, "Oh right? my god!" Like just, the suits that these watch people a are wearing. Spears video. Yeah. Like do any of that. Like yeah. do any of it, and you're gonna be like, "This is just." Dis- disgraceful but like mike says like the Disgrace. episode ends and i'm like i'm like i want to watch the next one you know like, <laughs> I watch the next one after that. like they're funny like they're just kind of funny and like drama is such an enduring character and like we talk about it on the pod a little bit but like he really is that character i mean he you know his brother matt dylan is a more famous more handsome megastar especially at the time um and he was just kind of like the ugly brother that was trying to be an actor and wasn't quite making it so he emotionally understands what drama is going through on a level that no other actor could get he's channeling something really deep on that show um so i just recently (laughs) started watching the shield which i'd never watched before it's on what channel is that on it's on it was on it used to be fx okay that was FX's first big show. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a guy basically playing a really – it's Denzel in Training Day, essentially. Okay. But, but, you know, if Jade Hoy was, like, really aggro and had a Boston accent, like, that's essentially what's going on 
on the shield and it's it's damn good like i'm three episodes in i'm i'm enjoying the first season i'm looking forward to going on that journey because obviously i've heard so many good things about this show so i'm happy to have started the shield i can't say this enough i've said it on every single count the ding show that i can anytime somebody asks me uh, uh the plot against america on hbo another david simon classic is just incredible like, it's just incredible. Um, it's based on a Philip Roth novel that, you know, it's like an alternate history of what if, you know, Lindbergh ran for president and won. And he's famously like this really anti-Semitic dude and just, you know, he was into eugenics and all of that shit. Like, what would have happened if that dude, after becoming like a big hero in the country, a big celebrity, probably the biggest celebrity in the country, would have ran on the Republican ticket and won and like... The scary things that you could have imagined happening. I think just to think the show was just freaking amazing, man. Like, it's phenomenally written. Aside from the kid actors who obviously suck, because kid <laughs> actors always freaking suck. That's the number one rule of kid actors is that they stink. Um, it's fantastically written, fantastic performances. John Totoro, Winona Ryder, like, they're oh. killing this shit. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm just really, I'm. that's my favorite thing. that Like, that's what I look most forward to right now of anything in culture to be watching did you guys catch uh because i always every time we think of like these historical examples that like in you know like there's some foreshadow or parallels in some ways with what's happening now but it's like funny to me to think of like a hardened like like an actual proto-nazi but also like you know not as a person, but like actually accomplished pilot businessman like Charles Lindbergh. And then just the idea of like, but what if if we're all just doing like historical nonsense in our heads, he's all set to like take over the country in this sinister plot. And then Trump's just like, I actually thought it was a failure. I thought I thought the plane ride was overrated. And by the way, by the way, like what he says about I mean, look, nobody wants I mean. I don't necessarily want the Jews living next to me, but I want them doing my taxes. He wants to get rid of all of them. I don't. <laughs> and he's That's married. Exactly Meanwhile, I have models. Like, like just the idea of like that is Trump's genius. Is yeah. just like this ridiculous fat fuck, just like barreling <laughs> through never everything. Been involved, involved with models. I've never been involved with models. Well. That does count. Not that type of model. That was just that was just proud. He just like he goes goes, well. (laughs) He said, "Well, if we're being honest, not that type of model." No, he didn't even say. He literally okay. If we're going to talk about that clip, indulge me. He's off the podium. Because he's already walking out of the room. So you see his big disgusting gut with the still. He's always got the ties that are too long. Yeah. He's wearing a tie every second of his life. He always has a tie that's too long. And he it's goes, amazing. It's amazing. And just standing there, he's just like, but I never, my goal is to come right underneath the model. But the professionals, they wrote the models. I didn't write the models. I had nothing to do with the model. Please, <laughs> not that kind of a model. Oh, <laughs> God. 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 That's, I have not laughed that hard in months. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like 80% of why he's president. You know? yeah. like, and that's, it's 80%. 80%. 
president. And what and the thing that's so and it is hysterical, like just the way that I don't I can't understand where America's at. Like just it's the way, like it's the like he's that, always on Howard Stern, by the way. Like it, it, it's that's how he comports himself in public. It's like I'm being yeah. interviewed by Howard Stern. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like the, the guys so- having like their revived fan, like the white nationalist thing, or even just like the the all of that bullshit of like, you know, we got to like grow, you know, like get roided up and all of this shit, or even in yeah. Republican, like we want men, and then it all gets projected on this guy who literally sounds like a grandmother from Long Island yeah. and all, and like, even the way he bang, like brags about sleeping I mean, with models. Sounds imagine like shooting an AR-15. No. Dude, I'm <laughs> Trump walking up a flight of stairs. Like, yeah. <laughs> his whole life is just like, it's like, they get these rallies like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, America. And he yeah. gets up there and he's just like, I thought Newsweek was very rude, but that's okay. Asymmetry. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Honestly, it's, it really is only that he just makes the libs mad. I mean, they love, that's the thing they love, that's you know, it. right? That's like, it's the, he, the the matter the libs get the more they love him and that's just like you know like that's why like I joked about like Fauci like all the libs being like this Dr Fauci oh my God he's Bay he's so hot he's my real president and it's like yeah. if you do that he's gonna fire him you know because know, like he knows that the only thing that he all he has to do is like anything that makes the libs mad I will do that's the yeah, only thing. and why are you why I don't understand the need to suck this guy off that's a weird instinct by the libs it's just like they want just, they like, just want, just, the libs just want to suck he's someone literally off doing <laughs> what yeah that's facts I mean that's that is honestly that's no because they have their own, of, that's how you get your liberal card you got to have suck all a good authoritarian tendency it's like it's soft. Totally. It's all, it's like, oh my God, he does science. Uh, but Bobo, anyway. this fucking asshole. Like we talked about him. Bobo's cutting Medicaid. Yeah. This, <laughs> this asshole tweets out today that it is now uh, finable. Or like basically if you're going to. Not wear a mask. Yeah. You need to wear a mask. Uh, well, you, will you be providing them, Andrew? Like, oh my God. Like I saw, I saw a tweet, this woman, I was like, you guys, everyone needs to get a grip. He's like, if I had a genie with three wishes, one would be like a night with Andrew Cuomo. Number two would be a night with Chris Cuomo. Number three would be a threesome with Andrew and Chris Cuomo. And I'm like, what is, what is wrong with you people? All right. So, okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, Nando, do you have anything else you want to recommend, Mike? Well, the other watching Sopranos, but I know like well-worn territory, but it's evergreen, man. I finally watched. Oh, Medical Fargo. Medical yeah. Another, yeah. Another FX show. Yeah. I finally watched um, Fargo, the show. Um, and it's fucking great. Like, yeah, season one was great. Is. Season two is amazing. And they, there's like a Deus Ex Machina at the end, which I usually would hate, but they somehow pull it off. And it's amazing, even though it's so weird and bizarre. Um, but yeah, Fargo. What? What's the relationship between the show and the movie? So it's the same kind of uni- not universe exactly in the way we talk about like the Marvel universe, but it's like it's the same setting. It's, it's in it's like Pacific, North it's Dakota, in Minnesota, Minnesota, and Minnesota. They yeah. all have those weird accents. Yeah. And, and in it's season the same one, aesthetic. 
Yeah, it's the same aesthetic, the same kind of off kilter humor. And then in season one, a lot of the characters we're so are basically Cali in New York, York that were just like it's like the Marvel universe in the sense that they're so <laughs> exactly <laughs> universe, but like because it's, yeah. it's another planet. <laughs> it's it's Mike, that's why it's, it's, it might as well be Pluto. That's why. But, but yeah, like the the main guy is like the the. The uh, William H. Macy, H. Macy character is like the, the main guy in the show. He's the same kind of guy. He's, he's a different guy, but it's the same kind of guy. The, there's a female cop who's pregnant. It's not the same female cop who's pregnant, but it's a similar thing. She's like very competent and a very good cop and all that shit. Um, so it's like a, it's very much like an homage in that sense, but it's not. There is no plot continuation. It's not the same characters. It's just kind of like a, the sensibility of the movie in a show. That's cool. Yeah. I really, by the way, I'll just say like. I thought Breaking Bad was cool. I wasn't opposed to it. I definitely can't. I like, think it was overrated. I don't think. Yeah, I agreed. Mean, I, I cannot. Like, I think it was a perfectly fine and entertaining show. It was good. Show. I enjoyed I'm it. I was entertained it on, by like, it. But people try to put that up. Like, nah. by the way, I don't think I'm definitely Sopranos over Wire. But I'm Me saying too. like Breaking Bad to put it's like, not in the same class. It's not in the same character. Either of those shows by no. any stretch. And I say all that to say that I don't think Better Call Saul is up at that level. But I think Better Call Saul is a way better show better than, than Bad. Than I think bad. I think Better Call Saul is. I think that's a deep show, man. The brother, that's the brother character is unbelievable. Amazing. And his acting job is incredible. Amazing. Like I, I think Better Call Saul has a lot more going on, and I also think it's. Even though he's, I just think like the it's such a more plausible, yeah, like, relationship of like how does somebody who isn't in it get drawn in it? Like I just because at, at the end of the day of Breaking Bad, it's like the dude is a high school teacher. Like whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> but this is like, hey, he's like a hustler and he's got serious trauma, but he's also really smart. But he's also like whatever compass he has is kind of getting beaten out of him by all these like disgusting hypocritical people. I don't know, man, I, I buy the trajectory and I, I don't know. I just think better call Saul is like, that has really exceeded my expectations. Cause that's like a show that I just put on of like process of elimination kind of. And it's like, this is a really good show. All right. Well, you heard it here first guys, better call Saul Fargo, uh, the Sopranos, only three of the biggest, most prestigious TV shows yeah. of all time. But you heard yeah, it here first, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Entourage, so, uh, if you want to bro out with your, uh, with your frat bros. Shows that you've already seen and are very familiar with, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, up, bro? That, I'm a that, Sopranos over wire guy. <laughs> I'm a real man from Jersey. <laughs> That's our show, guys. We will see you guys next week. Um, thank you for watching. Make sure you tune in to Count the Dings After Dark, where, you know, we don't judge over there, man. You might have a cup. You might not. We tend to get busy after dark here at Count the Dings, so make sure you tune into that. That's every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night on the Count the Dings Network YouTube channel. Um, of course, make sure you become a patron of both TNBS and the Michael Books uh, I mean, excuse me, Count the Dings Network Patreon. And Nando, man, make sure you subscribe to his new Entourage podcast. What's that called again? It's called Let's Pot It Out, an Entourage podcast. Let's pot it out, baby. All right, you heard it here first. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here, guys. Good night. Good night.